Hey everyone, welcome back to Blessed is She That Believe. This is season one, episode nine. And y'all, I, man, the Lord is good, y'all. I, I'm telling you, I have been up for a minute and I was praying before I jumped on because I actually recorded this last night but something happened and I lost the recording. So this is actually the second part. And I say, you know, I'm not even gonna get mad. That just lets me know that there are people out here who are receiving this and um, the enemy is not happy about it. So it is what it is. And then the thought came to me, you know, maybe the Lord didn't want me want that part, that version of it to be released. Maybe the Lord was like, I need you to actually um, talk to me and get this, get the words that I want you to say instead of what you already had typed out. So either way, God is going to be praised and glorified. And I'm just so overwhelmed at just, whew, y'all, this is a doozy. I, I can't even, like I, I've been sitting here for the past almost hour just worshiping God for his goodness and his glory because what he's showing me about my own life like y'all have to understand what I talk about on this podcast I'm not just going and getting stuff and randomly talking no I've experienced it or I'm actually going through this right now and this is helping me and ministering to me as well so we're all in this together. I'm not sitting here giving you tips and advice because I don't even know what I'm doing in this life. Okay. That's why I have to trust Jesus. And I hope you are doing the same. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and savior, I highly suggest you accept him into your heart today. Accept him into your heart today because you don't know what you're doing with your life either. He is the author and finisher of our faith. And I am a living witness of that because, oh my gosh, y'all, I had to sit here. I Oh, thank you, Father. Mm. Great are you, Lord, because it's the breath in my lungs. So I pour out my praise to him only. Y'all don't understand. My father is amazing. He mm, 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 mm. just. Y'all, I'm not I'm trying not to run around my room right now. Like this is. Y'all know how good God is. Do you really understand the goodness of God and how, my gosh, the Bible says to not forget all his benefits, every little thing that he's done. I thought about something popped in my head from last year and I forgot he did it. I, I ran across a, um, something that reminded me of what he, he did for me. That one thing he one thing he did for me last year, and I'm like, my gosh, I can't even believe I forgot that. Because we as human beings, once we go through the pain and everything, we forget it. Just like a woman, the Bible even says, like a woman who's who's going through childbirth, she forgets what that pain is like. You remember you went through pain, but you have to try real hard to make your body remember what it was. Y'all, just what day it's. I don't even know what day it is, but whatever day it is, I know we toward out. Listen, I, I can't even talk really well right now. Whatever, just go back to yesterday. How about that? Just go back to yesterday. We ain't even got to go back to yesterday. We can start with this morning. 
when you woke up, they count all of the miracles he did for you to wake up. Your brain still had to be working and operate at full function. Your, your lungs, your brain had to transmit the neurons to make sure your lungs were in full capacity doing what they were supposed to do. Your heart, just the heart alone and what the heart does. My God, y'all, I, we're not going to do this today. We're not going to do this today because, no, we're not going to do this today because I know I got to talk about this. And um, this, who? thank you, Jesus. We, let's pray. Let's pray because I, I who the Lord just showing up. I'm five minutes in and I, I can't even talk. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for your glory. I thank you right now for your presence on this podcast, Father God. I pray right now that your spirit fill every ear, Lord, that listens, Father. I thank you right now that they can't even turn it off. If they're trying to find the off switch because they don't want to listen to this Jesus, they can't find, they can't turn it off. Their phone won't shut off right now in the name of Jesus because I, I can see somebody trying to shut it down. You won't be able to shut this down today. You're going to get all of this Jesus today in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for your blood of your son who died on the cross for us. Lord, I thank you right now for raising him, Lord, and that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living within each and every one of your believers right now, Father God. Lord, I thank you for calling those things that are not as though they were. Lord, I thank you right now for making us to lie down in green pastures so you could restore our soul, Father God. Restore us, Father. Lord, thank you for making our cups run over and anointing our head with oil. Lord, I thank you right now that even as they are listening, your angels are standing around protecting them from the scourge of the enemy, Father God. Lord, give us the necks of our enemies, Father. Lord, I thank you right now for allowing us to run through troops and leap over walls with hinds feet, Father God. I thank you for teaching our fingers to fight and our hands to war, Father. I thank you right now that you are Jehovah Gabor and you fight on our behalf, Father God. I don't know who that's for, but the Lord is fighting on your behalf right now in the name of Jesus. He's already worked it out for you. Father God, I thank you right now for your consuming fire because that's who you are you are an all-consuming fire burn up everything that is not of you right now in the name of jesus i pray father god i thank you right now that there will be no interruptions no distractions no delays or denials of this transmit just transmitted feed father god i thank you right now that your warring angels are excelling in strength and they're holding back the prince and power of the air right now in Jesus name. So this can go forth to every listener right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray. Amen. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. Lord, I thank you. Woo, y'all. I'm going to try and get through this, but I might have to shut this down early so I can shout because this is <laughs> the Lord has been dealing with me so heavily the last couple of days. And it's because I decided to sit and rest and listen to him. And he's just been, it's like, he was like, I was waiting for you to stop moving. <laughs> I was waiting for you to stop moving so I could tell you some stuff. I'm not about to chase you down. Sit down somewhere. You know, like, oh my gosh, y'all. So the title, <laughs> this is welcome to bless the shit I believe season one, episode nine. Uh, the title for this is, are you beautifully waiting? Or are you still ashy? <laughs> yeah, I can't. So we're going to Esther chapter two on this. All right. A lot of you may know about Esther. Esther, um, Jewish uh, young girl. I like to say Hebrew. And maybe we'll get into that study a little bit later between the difference of Hebrew and Jew 
wish or Jew, but we'll talk about that later. It's it's so cool when I found you know when my pastor talked about that in Bible study. Um, but the Hebrew young girl, um, Hadassah. So I'm going to be reading from two commentaries today. Um, so it's going to sound a little bit like I'm saying the same thing over and over again, but I really want you to get the understanding and the full effect of what is being said. And oh my gosh, y'all, I'm going to probably talk a little bit faster. Some of you are probably like, you already talk fast. I'm sorry. I get really excited about the word of God and teaching it and just teaching overall. So just bear with me because I'm not going to try to read the whole chapter of Esther, but um, we're going to read all the way up to verse uh, 18. So we're reading from verse one of chapter two of Esther, of the book of Esther to verse 18. And to be honest, I know there's a lot of debate about Esther. Like, why is that a book in the Bible? It, it doesn't even mention God. It shows God's providence. It shows how you could be placed, you could be displaced somewhere that has no hope of God whatsoever. But he will use people. He will literally put people in your path to bring you closer to him so he can show his, his glory through you. That's basically what the book of Esther is about. The Jews were displaced or the Hebrews were displaced into Persia, a whole different country. Okay. And Esther didn't even have her parents. She was raised by her cousin Mordecai. Um, Esther's name wasn't even Esther. Her name is Hadassah. That's her Hebrew name, Hadassah. And I'm going to see if I can find it. Oh, here it is right here. Just to summarize it before we jump into the scripture, uh, this commentary, I'm telling y'all, get the blue letter Bible. I promise you get the blue letter Bible because you there's so many commentaries. There's so many tools to help you grow your study in, in the Lord. And it, it, oh my gosh, like I'm a bookworm. I'm such a nerd. Like I took three years of Latin and so anything that I'm studying is like, I go all in and I'm like, I can't stop reading this. Like, this is amazing. You know, and that's how it was when I was reading these commentaries. So this particular commentary by Don Smith, which I love his because his commentary is reading like the message version of the Bible. And I don't know if you had the message version or if you've seen the message version on the you, um, the you version Bible app. Y'all got to read the message version. It's straight up hood. Like it's from West 53rd street. I don't even know where West 53rd street is. Cause I'm literally in a small town. Uh, we don't even have, it's not even big enough to have a West side, East side, North. We do have a North and a South side. That's it. We don't have an East and a West. Okay. Um, but if we did, I'm pretty sure West 53rd. And this is not to take hits at people who live on the West 53rd because your West 53rd may not be. It just sounded like that to me, okay? These are just jokes to help make this entertaining. So please do not take offense to that, okay? An offense is not an offense until it's an offense. All right. So anyway, 
like I was saying, the message version is <laughs> the message version is straight up hood, and that's exactly how Don Smith's commentary is reading. Like I was cracking up at this. Um, anyway, he says God used the captivity of a certain Jew to raise up a beautiful young Jewess to be God's chosen woman as the next queen of the world's most powerful nation. So Esther chapter two verses five through seven. Like I said, we're going to go back and read the scripture, but I just want to give you this background information about Hadessa or we call her Esther's name and give you that kind of stuff. So that way, when we're reading the scripture, you understand what's going on a little bit better because, you know, I like to read from the King James Version. Everybody doesn't like to read that, but I do believe the King James Version is as close to what God is really saying. And if you compare Bible versions some people are taking words out. Some people are adding words in. For our understanding as human beings and those who speak English, however, King James Version, I don't mess. You, it's like, that's I can't. Because the way it's written, I get so many different... Uh, it's like so many different downloads from the Lord when I read the King James Version. Not that I don't get it when I'm reading the other versions, but... It's something about the King James. I'm not touching that. That's like that's like that macaroni and cheese recipe that your grandma passed down to your mama and your mama passing down. You don't touch that. You don't add nothing to it. You don't take nothing from it. You just leave it alone. It's sheer perfection by itself, okay? King James Version is your grandma macaroni and cheese, period. That's it, all right? Now, um, the message version is like when you want to like spice up your macaroni and cheese and put something extra in it maybe i don't know what you could put extra in macaroni and cheese maybe you want to use gouda or um kobe jack all right maybe you want to use those in the cheese mixture so that would be the message version anyway don smith's commentary for esther chapter 2 verses 5 through 7 the identity of Mordecai as a certain Jew is another biblical way of describing God's chosen and appointed man and messenger. When you see certain, that's basically like the chosen. This particular person. And I caught that. I can't remember. It's in the New Testament. It said there were certain women. And that's another study I want to talk about later. But that is literally what it's saying. The chosen or appointed person for this specific task. Many are called, but few are chosen. That's scripture. That's not the army saying that's scripture. This certain Jew seems to be renamed Mordecai, a Persian name likely taken from the Persian deity named Marduk. Mordecai was a tribe, was of the tribe of Benjamin, a son, Jair, or Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish. This made him of royal blood through the seed of King Saul. Kish and his family, including Mordecai, were taken captive to Babylon in B.C. 597 when Nebuchadnezzar deported the king of Judah, Jeconiah, or Jeconiah, as well as many other Jews living in Jerusalem. Mordecai's uncle, Abihel, and his aunt died, perhaps in the destruction of Jerusalem, leaving their daughter, their young daughter orphan. Mordecai assumed the duties of a kinsman redeemer. Remember, kinsman redeemer is also mentioned in Ruth. Because Boaz was Ruth and Naomi's kinsman redeemer. And he adopted his cousin as his own daughter rather than making her his wife. As Boaz did in purchasing a marrying Ruth. See? Hadessa or Esther was Mordecai's cousin adopted to be his daughter. Her name Hadessa in Hebrew means myrtle. In biblical topology, 
The myrtle tree was symbolic of God's love and kindness and forgiveness in exchange for the thorns and thistles that resulted from Israel's sin. Hadessah would be a reminder of God's covenantal faithfulness to his people. This would become evident when God's providential plan was fully revealed for her. Her name was changed in Persia to Esther, which means star or light. And I can attest to that because, like I told you, I took Latin for three years. In Latin, um, Stella means star. Yeah, Stella means star because I believe in Spanish it's Australia. Um, so, and I'm proud to listen, all my Hispanic people, I love y'all. My stepfather is Puerto Rican, so I'm basically like Puerto Rican, you know, because him and my mom have been married for like almost... Is it, oh, is it 25 years this year? Oh, snap. Let me get the anniversary thing together here. I, just, mm, I need to. Sorry, y'all. That just hit me like 20. I'm technically Puerto Rican. <laughs> Shout out to my family in Puerto Rico. Grandma, um, everybody else. I love y'all. Hope y'all are listening. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> so I probably pronounced that wrong because I got to brush up on my Spanish. But Yes, in Latin, Stella means star. And so if you look at the root of Estrella and Stella, and like it all comes together. So that does make sense that her name means star or light. She would become a radiant star in the eyes of both Jews and Gentiles. We are reminded that God used the tragic death of Esther's parents, the captivity of Benjamin's tribe in Babylon, and Mordecai's willingness to adopt Esther for greater good as the preservation and propagation of the woman's seed. Mordecai was also placed in a position to be used by God for things he could never have imagined. Listen, let me tell y'all something. Y'all already know the stuff that has happened to me because I've spoken about it on this podcast. And I, like I told you, I know there are some people who are like, how can you still trust God and all of those bad things happen? We have an enemy. We, this is a fallen world. This is a world of sin. God did not create this world to be like this. He did not. Um, if you hear rain, it's raining outside, by the way. Um, God didn't create the world to be like this. Men and women sin every single day, every single second of every day. Okay? Um, things happen that are not good, that we don't feel are good, but... God takes into account of all of that stuff and he includes it to work out our faith, to work out our trust in him. Um, if we let him, because we have free will, he gave us free will. Okay. He didn't want to create people to just be robots. He wants us to choose him like he chooses us every single day. Jesus chose to stay on that cross when he could have came down. He chooses us every single day. And I actually have a sticky note on my mirror in the bathroom in the mornings that I try to recite every single day. Um, I choose to love you, Jesus, with my heart, my mind, my words, and my actions. That's that's what I, I try to recite that every single day. Because it's a choice. We have free will. We don't have to serve God. It's probably a lot of y'all on here who don't even believe in, in Jesus. And you have a choice to do that. I just hope you change your choice before you, you leave this earth. Because, you know, eternity is a long time to be wrong. But God takes those things that try to break us. He takes those horrible moments in our lives and he 
turns it around for our good. How can you listen to someone who's never been through what you've been through? Are you really going to listen to them? Or are you going to really trust and listen to the person who's going through something horrible just like you or similar to what you're going through? Or they went through something horrible that makes you go, dog, what I went through wasn't that bad. That's because those stories that we all have, our testimony is to build and edify each other, to encourage each other, to strengthen each other. If that person went through, I know I can go through it. If that person lived through that and they can still walk around with a smile, I can smile too. That's what it's about. The enemy does not win. Satan does not win. He is a loser. Like every single time. He got kicked out of heaven, y'all. Like, come on. When you don't, when you don't choose Jesus, you're choosing Satan. It may not seem like it. I'm not hurting nobody. I'm just living my best good life. You're choosing Satan. You're choosing to live unto Satan because you live unto your flesh. Your flesh is going to kill you. Let me tell you what your flesh is like. Your flesh is like a goldfish. Whatever you feed it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to want it and it's going to continue to eat off of that until it dies. That's exactly what happens to a goldfish. All they do is eat whatever you feed it. And that's what your flesh is. I don't know who that was for because that I ain't even got no. You know what? I have notes and that wasn't on them. And I'm going to continue to say that throughout this entire podcast, okay? <laughs> so, the Lord uses those horrible moments in our lives to turn around for our good according to Genesis 15 and 20. What the enemy meant for evil, God has turned around for our good because in Romans 8 and 28 says, for all things work together for the good to those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. Mm. So, that was that commentary and it's uh he has some more and it's hilarious to me now we're going to jump into the scripture verse one of chapter two of esther after these things when the wrath of king asuarius was appeased he remembered vashti and what she had done vashti was his was his previous queen i'm not gonna get into all of that because i have to think about biblical times because my my modern woman time i'm like she what anyway we're not gonna talk about it today we might revisit that later <laughs> he remembered Vashti what she had done and what was decreed against her so Vashti basically was dethroned from being queen and he did that in his anger because he was mad at her now he got he's having regrets now he wants to be Jodeci it's been an hour since you've been gone like he out there like that's too long so come back home but his friends the king's servants that ministered unto him said let there be young fair young virgin salt for the king okay now nah, player you can't be going back to her you done said you you made a decree and you said that she shouldn't come before you no more you can't go back on your word so what we gonna do for you is king we're gonna get you some young girls up in here young fair virgins up in here and you do whatever you want with them but you need to find a queen that's basically what was going on. Verse 3. And let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom that they may gather together all the fair young virgins unto Shushan the palace to the house of the women unto the custody, excuse me, not custodian, unto the custody of Hegi or Hegai, the king's chamberlain. 
keeper of the women and let their things for purification be given them and let the maiden which pleaseth the king be queen instead of Vashti and the thing this thing and the thing excuse me please the king and he did so so then we talked about Hadessa's background so we're going to skip a little bit um, further down to verse 8 so it came to pass when the king's commandment and his decree was heard and when many maidens were gathered together unto Shushan the palace the, to the custody of Haggai that Esther was brought also unto the king's house to the custody of Haggai the keeper of the women and the maiden pleased him and she obtained kindness of him and he speedily gave her her things for purification with such things as belonged to her all right I'm gonna stop right there I'm gonna go over to this other commentary by um David Guzik which is also from Blue Letter Bible okay now what he says about the beauty preparations, it says, after she had completed 12 months preparation, Persia was one of many countries famous for its aromatic perfumes and ancient customs for the preparations of brides, including ritualistic baths, plucking of the eyebrows, the painting of hands and feet with henna, facial makeup, and applications of a beautifying paste all over the body, meant to lighten the color of the skin and to remove spots and blemishes. One reason for the lengthy time of preparation was to tell if women had been pregnant upon coming into the harem so that the king would not be charged with fathering a child that was not his. David Gusick references Matthew Poole when he says the oils and perfumes were necessary because the bodies of men and women in those hot countries did of themselves yield very ill sense if not corrected and qualified by art. Thus prepared, each young woman went to the king and it sounds wonderful, a whole year of constant spa treatments, yet the destiny of these women should also be considered because one evening with the king, that's it. That's all you get is one night. If he chose them from the 400 others to be his queen, then she would be his companion until she displeased him. So basically, your fate relied on an inconsistent king. You remember Romeo and Juliet? And he said, um, what... Can I, I'm gonna swear, I'm gonna swear unto the moon. And Juliet said, Don't swear by the moon, the inconstant moon, which whose circle or changes. And I, I know I messed that back that last part up, but basically she was saying, Don't swear on the moon. The moon go the moon changes every night. It's always changes. It's inconsistent, it's fickle. So you're gonna swear to me by something that's not even reliable? And that's basically what the fate of these young women, their hands went in an inconsistent fickle unreliable person because we're humans so she would be the queen until she made him mad like Vashti now you kicked out I don't even know they don't even talk about what happened to her I'm like what happened to her we don't know it doesn't say she could have been beheaded she could have been just kicked out and banished from the kingdom we don't know it doesn't even say in chapter one what happens to Vashti so that's what the fate of these young women were as for the 399 who lost, now remember also, it's 399 other people, other young women. They didn't win. So what happens to them? They were banished to the harem where they stayed the wife or the concubine of the king. But his side chick, y'all, his side chick. But rarely, if ever, saw him afterwards. And they were never free to marry another man, essentially living as a perpetual widow. Y'all, I couldn't have lived back then. They would have probably beheaded me. Because listen, <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you lord because listen i couldn't live back then sometimes i'm like i don't know if i'm in the right time period father you sure i'm supposed to be here 
I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. So listen, cause this, <laughs> you mean to tell me, child? Anyway, we're going to go back to the Bible because I'm just sitting here thinking like, this is some crazy stuff. And whew, where did I stop? Okay. She pleased Haggai. Now, Haggai was the custodian of the women. More than likely, he was a eunuch. A eunuch is a man who has been castrated. He doesn't have his parts. And that's why the eunuchs were always in charge of women because, yeah. Okay. Now, that's that's just so. Oh, that we, we're not even gonna talk about it. We mm-hmm. anyway, because you know they still. That's a spiritual thing, also. But we're not gonna talk about that right now. That's a whole. Oof, mm. So she requested. He gave her her stuff, but um, when it came to be her night with the king, and okay, that's where I was gonna go. And the maiden pleased him, and she obtained kindness of him. And let me stop right there. It says he was in custody. Custody means you are the keeper of. Custodians is a form of the word custody. It's a variation of the word custody. So custodians, um, janitors, environmental technicians at some um, places of business or work want to call them. Let me tell you something, y'all. I don't know who you think you are. If you have an ego problem, you think you can talk to people any kind of way and treat people any kind of way. But my mama raised me to know, not just believe, but to also know you treat the custodians, the secretaries, cafeteria workers, because I work in a school system. You treat those people with the utmost respect. And I want to say those people, but people in those positions, you treat them with the utmost respect. For one, they're still human beings. They're not the gum underneath your shoe. You treat them with the utmost respect because when you treat them with the utmost respect and you love on them and you talk to them, have conversations with them, they will move heaven and earth for you. You you better treat you treat them with the same respect that you would treat the CEO or the president of the United States. That's how you treat them. And I was a secretary before I became a teacher. Let me tell you something. The people who treated me like crap, I mean... I'm not where I, I'm not, I wasn't where I am now in the Lord. I knew a little bit about, I had just enough Jesus to get into heaven. Okay. Y'all, if somebody came up to me with an attitude and treated me like crap, do you honestly think I wanted to do their stuff for them? Their stuff sometimes got pushed to the side. I'll be completely honest. I'll come back to that later. I can do it in two minutes, but mm -mm, you could wait. Maybe you need to calm down a little bit. Maybe you're hungry and you need a Snickers bar because you're not you when you're hungry. I'm so serious because it's like, how dare you? You're not going to talk to me like what? Just because I'm doing this, I'm working in this capacity doesn't mean that I'm um, unintelligent. It doesn't mean that I'm your slave. It doesn't mean that I'm your servant girl or your do girl. Like, no, you lost your mind. <laughs> no, but y'all, I... I had, it was sometimes I had parents, students, teachers, administrators, they come up and they tell me how much they appreciate it. You know how good that made me feel? Tell, if you have a secretary, wherever you work, if you have a secretary, if you have a, a custodian, um, if you work in a school system, cafeteria workers, just tell them thank you. 
And I appreciate you for doing everything that you do. Just tell them that. Sometimes just go and tell your coworker that. Be nice to people. It does, It costs absolutely nothing to be nice to people. Be nice to people. Get out of your own head. Get out of your selfish space and tell somebody thank you. And I appreciate you today. That's what you need to start doing. That's for somebody on here. Y'all tell people that. Because look, it worked out in Esther's favor because guess what? She pleased him. And she obtained kindness of him. She was nice to him. She probably had conversation with him. Asked him things about himself. Asked him what it was like to work in a palace. And she obtained his kindness. Obtained means she had access to it. Mm. She tapped into something there. Y'all, he speedily, he speedily gave her things. When she asked for it, he went right to work and got it for her. Because she was nice to him. You see how that you see how that moved him? Uh-uh. Esther asked me for something. I can't help you right now. You I'll come back to you. Uh, you're gonna get nah, because Esther, Esther need this. That probably prompted the other women that were in the same space with Esther at that time, also waiting to have their night with the king. That probably prompted them to go, Who's Esther? Well, he does it for Esther. Who is that? They probably had to go seek her out and to find out who, what kind of woman makes the eunuch move that way. Y'all, your kindness, your kindness, be kind. It moves people. You know, you can win more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. That is this. Y'all, the older I get, the more Southern sayings I say because I. <laughs> But it's the truth. You win more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. You do. So he speedily gave her the things for purification with such things as belong to her. So she already had her stuff, but then he went and got her some extra stuff. And seven maidens, which were meat to be given her out of the king's house. And he preferred her and her maidens unto the best place of the house of the women. He positioned her. Oh, Jesus, your kindness can position you. Your love and kindness for others can position you into places that you could have never got on, got into with your education, with your experience, with your skills. Just smiling at someone. Mm. That's ministering to me too because I know I got me a resting face. And y'all know I ain't about to put the other word in there. I got me a resting face. And y'all, sometimes I don't think about it. I'm just in my own head. I'm in my own mind. But I the, I don't know how my face looks to people. I don't be paying attention. A lot of times I'm thinking about what I'm going to eat next. like Because I like to eat. Like, oh, I'm, I, did I have a snack today? You know, like, so I'm thinking... And I don't know how my face looks to people, but apparently it looks like I'm mad and I have an attitude. Sorry, y'all. I'm thinking about eating. Sorry. Or taking a nap. <laughs> I'm going to be more cognizant of that. And I'm going to start smiling more to people. That's that's a goal of mine, to start making sure I come out of my head and smile at people and ask them how their day was going. 
You don't know. Somebody smile. You, your smile could save somebody's life. I've heard too many stories of people who were about to commit suicide, but it was the smile and kindness of a stranger that kept them from doing it. You don't know who you're going to save with your smile and your kindness. Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred for Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. So she didn't let anyone know that she was Hebrew. They had, you know, and it's not that she was embarrassed of her. Mordecai advised her not to. Like, let's just, because, you know, in that kind of position, if she would have told them that she was Hebrew, they could have banished her, like, just through her. They might not even have her in position to meet the king. So she held on to that. And Mordecai walked every day before the court of the women's house to know how Esther did and what should become of her. So Mordecai kept check on her. He kept a check on her. Um, Back to Don Smith's. Is this Don Smith? Yeah, Don Smith's uh, commentary about Esther. It says, um, God gave Esther favor in the eyes of the king's custodian of women. Beauty contestants from around... <laughs> beauty contestants from around the kingdom gathered at Shushan, their citadel or the palace under the supervision of Haggai. The Lord gave Esther favor um, or love and kindness of grace in his eyes, even as Daniel found favor in the eyes of Nebuchadnezzar. Haggai gave Esther personal attention, inside advice, and special preparation. I'm telling y'all, be friends with the custodians and the secretaries. You have so much. You know everybody's business. You know exactly what's going on at your office. You listen. I'm trying to, because as a secretary, when I was a secretary, I knew everything that was going on. I knew everybody's business. I didn't tell it because that's just messy, okay? I just kept it to myself. But I'm so serious. I didn't tell anybody because I because that's a very dangerous position to be in as a secretary. You know everybody's business. That's a dangerous and powerful position to be in. If you tell the wrong person the wrong thing, you will lose your job. I wasn't trying to lose my job. I had bills to pay. <laughs> I was not trying to lose my job. So I kept that stuff to myself. But I knew what was going on. I was very aware. But people just came to talk to me. You know? They just came talk, and some people they legit had some serious stuff going on. So I would pray for them and stuff, and um, and I would take some time out when I had a minute to take time, and I'll go check on them, make sure they were okay, you know, because it's people. We're people, 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 you know, and we need each other, you know, to lean on sometimes. So he he gave her inside advice, special preparation so she could come before the king wearing his favorite perfumes, jewelry, and hairstyle. How would she have known that stuff if she wouldn't have been nice to the custodian, uh, to uh, Haggai, the, custod the custodian of the women? How would she have known that? She wouldn't have known. Some of them girls probably wore the, the, the stuff because you know perfume. I worked at Bath and Body Works for a number of years. Everybody's body chemistry does not go with every fragrance. Y'all do realize that, right? And so, um, you have a particular body chemistry. That's why at Bath and Body Works, you're supposed to spray the card, not spray it in the air and mess up everybody's sinuses and allergies. I know it's some of y'all on here who like to spray everything up in that store. Stop doing that. You driving everybody crazy. You spray it on the card. You get it real close to the card. First, you shake it up, shake that bottle so you can get the fragrances mixed in. Then you spray it on the card one to two sprays. Don't spray five to ten times. One to two will do, okay? You get the car, you rub it on your skin. Now, some people like to just do it and put it on their skin straight. I like to spray it on the car and then rub it on my skin 
or either spray it on the car and then spray it on my skin to compare because you're going to have a different fragrance. You walk around the store for a couple of moments or either you walk out, don't walk out the store because they count, they count how many people come in and out. It's a whole system. Anyway, <laughs> it's a whole system. Um, walk around the store for a couple of minutes and then check your wrist and check the card. It's going to be two different fragrances. I promise you that because the card is going to have what the actual perfume fragrance is but when you smell it on your skin it's going to be mixed in with your body chemistry everybody has a body chemistry everybody does that's why um and also y'all know about pheromones and all of that stuff some perfumes have um pheromones in them not at bath and body works but some perfumes have pheromones in them the pheromones are to pull out your body chemistry that's like the cause of the natural attraction and stuff between a man and a woman. That's all that chemistry stuff. I ain't got time for all of that. But whatever, and you got to think this is in ancient times where they had the real stuff, okay? The stuff that wasn't mixed in with whatever chemicals and everything that's been processed. This is straight fragrance, floral, whatever. The straight musk smells, the straight um, amethyst smells, and whatever. All those heavy musk smells, all those heavy floral smells, they really had the authentic stuff. So he could have possibly walked her around to the perfume room and they tested that stuff out on her skin. Oh, this is this is the one the king really likes right here. Put that on so we can see if that blends in with you really well. He took time with her because she made time for him. Whew, whew, that's something right there. Because I've never gotten into esther like this i you know you read the bible you just read it but when you actually study the word my gosh it comes alive so this will become a huge advantage for esther even though her beauty was extraordinary it says it so many times in the book of esther how beautiful she was so she already had it she already had the looks but she needed favor because that favor do something that favor is Mm. And in Proverbs 31, uh, it says, beauty is deceit. Beauty, what is it? I can't even think of it. Hold on. <laughs> Wait a minute. We're going to come back to that. Because, listen, I got to find. I always get, I'm going to tell you the truth. I always get that with tongue tie. I always reverse it. I don't know why. I always reverse it. Um, Hold on. Let me get the Proverbs. This is so ghetto. Why I didn't have this together? Um, let me go to the King James version because it's not it's not gonna say it the way I want it. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. She had the favor, even though it says favor is deceitful, because you can have favor from Satan too. Yeah, but when you fear the Lord, when you reverence God. The favor of the Lord is something that you can't even, you can't manufacture that. You can't go to the store and buy that. You can't copy that. <laughs> That's the favor of the Lord. Like when he makes his face to shine upon you, my gosh, you have, you, you have a glow about you that people, it attracts people. And I guarantee you Esther had that glow. I guarantee you she did. So she was given seven choice handmaids to care for her every need. Choice handmaids mean they were the best of the best. They wouldn't, 
like first day on the job handmaid they they were like experienced handmaids they probably gave her secrets and tips too <laughs> like my gosh um her accommodations were the finest in the palace how she get the best all these young girls here and she got the best like she was already the queen when you already got it when the lord has already placed that on you whatever it is that's why it says in proverbs chapter 75 verses 6 through 7 god is judge he puts down one and sets up another promotion does not come from the east west north or the south but god is judge he puts down one and sets up another my gosh y'all do you realize what's happening she probably ooh, this thing i've never studied esther like this but this gonna have to make y'all it's a movie called one night with the king y'all i'm about to go watch that movie because this thing right here is too good her accommodations were the finest in the palace. Out of respect and obedience to Mordecai, Esther did not disclose to anyone her national and racial identity as a Jewess. Esther and Rahab, one a virgin, one a harlot, used secrets to their advantage. Mm. Esther protected her identity as a Jew while Rahab protected the Jewish spies. In both cases, they were women called upon to protect the seed. My God. Esther apparently was not hindered or bothered by eating unclean Gentile foods prohibited in the Mosaic law like Daniel and his friends who lived in the court of Nebuchadnezzar. Also, she didn't or couldn't keep the law that prohibited the marriage of a Jew to a Gentile. It was some things that she had to do to survive. And the Lord understood that. Just like there are some things that may have happened in your life or you may have had to do and you believe in the Lord, you love Jesus, but you had to do those things because you had to survive. The Lord understands that. That's why he sent Jesus in the form of a human to have a human experience. So there will be an understanding. That's why Jesus is our mediator. He's the bridge between us and God. We don't have to go to a priest to pray to the Lord for us. No, we can go straight boldly to the throne of grace and mercy. Humbly, but boldly, we can go boldly. Okay? And reverence God. We can talk to the Father through Jesus. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. Whew! Mm. Esther followed the advice and counsel of Mordecai. She lived by faith in God's providence that this was an opportunity made possible by him. She acknowledged that this is an opportunity and I'm going to use it's listen y'all i got an opportunity too every day you got an opportunity you get an opportunity and every day make the most of the opportunity that god has given you don't fumble the ball that's all i'm gonna say every day while esther primped and prepared for the miss persia contest mordecai was outside a woman's court pacing back and forth he paced like an anxious all anxious fathers who want the best for their daughters but don't know how they are doing it must be remembered that there is little evidence to support the idea that Mordecai placed his daughter into the pageant. Instead, it is very likely Esther was chosen in God's providence by the king's officials as they searched uh, Shushan for beautiful girls. Mordecai knew that once entered into the pageant, every girl became the property of the king. If they weren't chosen to be the queen, they were placed in, perpetu in perpetuity 
in perpetuity, excuse me, y'all. They were placed in perpetuity as one of his many concubines. So Esther and Mordecai were dependent upon the Lord to make what looked like a devastating turn of events into good. But how could this evil be used by God for good? Mm. Says each of the pageant contestants were treated was treated like a queen for the day. I'm still in that commentary by Don Smith. They were given all they wanted and needed to make them acceptable to the king. They bathed in rare perfume oils and pampered themselves with expensive jewelry and cosmetics. It is estimated the king entertained at least one girl every night for four years. That would be 1,461. Mm. Days, nights, girls, who knows? Like, who knows? If in the morning they hadn't met his expectations, they were placed into the king's harem as concubines. The king, as well as men to this day, often quickly judge a woman's worth, not as persons of value, but as objects of desire. This is how the king treated Vashti, and now he is selecting a new queen on the same basis. But Esther was different. And this is for, I'm going to say this for those who are waiting for marriage. This is why it's called beautifully waiting. Because there's beauty in the wait. God shows us several times in his word that waiting on him is beautiful and also a process. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 11, he hath made everything beautiful in his time. And the word everything in the King James Version, this is why I love the King James Version. Everything in the King James Version has a space between every and thing. Do you know there are two different there's a difference between everything spelled all together and everything with the space? Everything spelled all together means it's a collective. It's it's counted all together. That's why the word is pushed together. But the one with the space everything is individual. He has made everything beautiful in his time. Each individual person on this planet, he spent time making you in your mother's womb. If you think you're ugly, please stop lying. Don't listen to that lie of the enemy. He has made everything. Each individual person on this planet, he made it beautiful in his time. He made you beautiful in your time. He made that girl next to you beautiful in his time. He made that man across the street from you beautiful in his time. He made everything beautiful in his time. My gosh, in heaven. Beautiful, beauty takes time. It is a process. I mean, look at babies when they're born. Babies are squishy. They've been squished up for nine months. But over time, we start to see their features better because their bones are getting a little bit harder. They're getting a little bit denser. They're not soft and malleable like they were when they were first born. We start seeing the beauty. We start seeing, which, you know, we know babies are beautiful. Like babies are, babies are cute and squishy. They're just squishy. But you know what I'm saying? We're seeing their characteristics and their features better. They're more distinct over time. It take, It's a process. Oh, process. Whew. In the book of Esther, we learn about the beautification process that takes place that the women have to go through just to see the king. We're learning about that. Verse 12. It explains the purification process. It took an entire year for this process to be completed. Half of the year was spent being purified with the oil of myrrh. And the other half of the year, they were being purified with perfumes and various cosmetics. Now, um, it does say that. It says, now when every maid's turn uh, was come to go into King Aswarius, after she, that she had been 12 months, according to the manner of the women, for so 
were the days of the purifications accomplished to wit six months with oil of myrrh and six months with sweet odors and with other things for purifying other women then thus came every maiden unto the king whatsoever she desired was given her to go with her out of the house of the women unto the king's house yeah so they had their time after they went through the purification process takes a year you know what else takes a year getting married in um hebrew customs their tradition ancient hebrew um israelite tradition was a year of betrothal and that year was time spent making sure the bride was ready for when the groom came y'all <laughs> so our tradition of dating a year and then being engaged for about six months a year come it stems from that some people it doesn't take that long they just jump right into it you know but that's where that one year comes from <laughs> i got a story for that but i'll tell y'all at a later date like much later date anyway so <laughs> it took a whole year so this was like a marriage process because any one of these girls the king could choose to be his wife so this would have been a year process of preparing for marriage seriously myrrh can be used as a disinfectant and can bring mental clarity and healing to the body as well Ooh. so overall if we rush, rush through the process we won't get the full benefits of it it's almost like if you don't let a bag of tea steep long enough you won't get the full strength of the tea anybody in the, uh, any self-respect and southerner knows that sweet tea got to be on point if you pour sweet tea into somebody's glass and you can see right through the glass that ain't sweet tea that's flavored water <laughs> that's flavored water that is not sweet tea okay just to let you know that tea better be that tea got to be dark the darker the tea the stronger it is okay just like coffee who see, who sees through coffee ain't no way that's water with coffee flavor <laughs> so it's the same thing as going through this process if you don't learn how to wait on the lord if you don't learn how to wait on the, if you don't learn how to wait on the lord you're going to mess stuff up you are going to rush through the process and you're not going to have everything you need. You're not going to be purified. You're not going to be disinfected from the sins and the things of the world. You're not going to have everything you need. You're going to be ill-equipped and you're going to mess yourself and the person you're trying to marry or rush into a relationship with. You're going to mess y'all up. You will do the damage. That is that is why it's so important to wait on the Lord to write your love story. Yee! So in isaiah 61 and 3 the lord says he will give us beauty for ashes this is why this is titled like this are you be beautifully waiting or are you ashy because if you rush through this process he cannot make you beautiful in his time his time not our time his time if you rush through the process he cannot make you beautiful in his time you're going to stay ashy. You know how come we're ashy? Because guess what? God is an all-consuming fire. And guess what? He consumes sin. Guess what we're supposed to do as his children, his believers, his followers. We're supposed to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable service. We're supposed to lay ourselves down on the altar of sacrifice and give the Lord our ambitions, our hopes, our dreams. We're supposed to give it all to him. We surrender it all to him. I give you all of me. I give you all 
of me. I give you all of me. That's yeah. Don't sing the song if you lying, cause I listen. I don't sing. I give myself away. Oh, and Refiner by Maverick City. I love that song. Chandler Moore, if you ever hear this, kudos to that because I love that song. But listen, Refiner got me in trouble. I had so many things coming at me. I said, "What in the world? You're a fire, Refiner. I wanna be, I wanna be tried by fire." Purify. You know how you purify gold? It's stay in the fire. If we are to lay our bodies on the altar of sacrifice and be consumed by the all-consuming fire, what happens to us? We get burnt up, turn to ash. That's why we're ashy. Mm. So what he does is he makes us beautiful in his time. And we give him our ashes, the things that we built, the things that we thought were going to go our way. We give him those things in exchange for his beauty. It's a process because how many of y'all be trying to rebuild the stuff that you, you, I did, I did, I have, I do sometimes in certain areas. So it's a process. It's ongoing. A process means it's ongoing. It's continuing. That's what a process is. But if you are impatient with the process and you leave before he finishes with the beautification, you're going to still be ashy. You're going to be ashy. <sighs> when I think about Esther, for those who are waiting on the spouse, Esther had to wait. Esther couldn't rush through the process. If Esther would have rushed through the process, she would have been out of position. And if she would have been out of position, that means she could have been one of his concubines. In all reality, like, let's look at it. He could have actually overlooked her if she rushed the process. A woman who knows how to wait. A woman who is calm and is cool, mellow. That's a powerful woman. Because think about it. A woman who's impatient, who's always rushing around. A woman who, That's not attractive to a man. A calm woman, a woman that's like cool, got her wits about her. Men like that. They don't like, men don't like a lot of hustle and bustle. Like they want their woman to be on her grind. Now, don't get me wrong. They, they want a woman to be on the ground. But what I'm saying is a woman who's uh, confident, knows who she is, knows her value, knows her worth. That's attractive to a man. That'll make a man who ain't ready to get married, get married. Like he be like, uh, -uh I want that one right there. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to make sure I'm right for her. Okay, don't I, I could be wrong. I mean, I am still single, but whew, child, I've seen it. I have seen it, okay? By waiting her turn, the king, uh, once he calmed down, it was like, okay, wait a minute. You know, I got over this, you know, and I hate to say that. He he did. He ran through all of those girls, and that is that was the kind of culture they had back then, okay? When he got to Esther, it was something different about her. She caused him to like reevaluate his life. You may actually be wondering where your spouse is, especially if the Lord has confirmed some things for you and given you breadcrumbs. I like to think of it like Christmas morning and you rush down the stairs, you see the Christmas tree or you run to the living room, you see the Christmas tree, you see all the presents and you know the presents are all for you, but you can't have them yet. You can't have them yet. 
you got to wait until he says you can open them. That's kind of how it is. When you have an inkling of that person, like I believe that person is, you still got to wait. You still have to wait because it's a process. Because the Lord may be working on their side. You may be ready. And the Lord is telling you, okay, just wait. Just sit there. You know that person is the one. Just sit there. And you like, but I can have it right now. No, just sit there. Because you don't know what the Lord is working out on their end. You don't. That's why you wait. And while you wait, you're serving the Lord. Mm. Oh, you thought you were just going to wait and just sit there and not do anything. No, you're, while you're waiting, you're waiting on the Lord and you're serving the Lord. You're serving in your community. You're serving in your church. You are um, exploring hobbies. You're exploring new things. Um, taking trips, traveling, hanging out with your friends who are, who are keeping you on track. You got to have people who are going to keep you on track and hold you accountable. Um, you just, that's what waiting is. It's not just sitting there and twiddling your thumbs. Ruth worked while she was waiting. <laughs> Ruth was in her waiting period. I don't even think she knew she was waiting. Ruth was working. She went, she was working. Okay. Boaz noticed her. She was working. You ought to be working so much. They got to point you out to somebody. But while you're working, you're positioning yourself. You're being put in position. Women are put in position. That's how that works. That's how you get found. A man who finds a wife, that means he's looking for you already, sis. But you got to be in position. Because to be found means that you were in the right spot at the right time. So if you're not in the right spot at the right time, you out of out of position, he's not going to find you. He's going to keep looking. He might find the wrong one. So stay in position, sis. Stay the course. It's hard. It's hard. Especially if you got a, a inkling that that's the one. It's hard because you're like, I'm ready now. No, you're not. Sit down somewhere, girl. Go drink some cold water. Cool off. <laughs> Even the men. Same for you. Let the Lord position her. She ain't in position yet, sir. If you get her out of position, you're going to bring heartache. Because listen, the blessings of the Lord make it rich and add of no sorrow. You're going to have some sorrow if he didn't tell you to go get her. You got to wait for him to tell you to go get her. Wait. It is a it is a process. Nobody wants to wait anymore. We always want instant gratification. It can't be like that. I'm speaking to myself. It cannot be like that. You got to wait. And you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. It took me. I moved back home with my parents after graduation in 2009. From Arm, when I graduated from Armstrong, my undergrad, I was 23 years old. I lived with them until I was 35 years old, y'all. Because at 35 was when the Lord blessed me with a home. Y'all, I ain't even going to go into that story, but let me tell y'all something. If y'all can see my face, y'all, that was a wait. That was a wait. That was a whole process. But you know, I learned something. I learned watching my parents grow and learn each other in their toughest season of their marriage and come out of it like gold like you can't even tell they went through anything they look like they on their third honeymoon that's the most precious time to me and i cherish that time because the lord was showing me some stuff too he was showing me how to be a wife he was showing me what a husband is supposed to do for his wife how a husband is supposed to manage a household as well as the wife. How they work in partnership. Not one lording over the other. That's what the Lord was showing me throughout that whole time. And I didn't even realize it until I moved out of the house. Into my own home. So I have wisdom. 
and I've seen experience through their lives and they will never know how much of a gift that was. And I'm trying not to cry. My gosh, where the tears coming from? But they never know how much of a gift that was and how much I cherished that time that I lived with them. That they allowed me to stay there because they didn't have to let me stay there. Like, All right, get out of our house now. It's been like six months. You got to get out. But the Lord allowed that for a reason. And it was to teach me some things because I needed to be taught too. So don't rush the process. Don't don't despise those times where God has you waiting because that's also the time you're supposed to be getting closer to him. Yeah. You're supposed to be getting closer to him too. And also with this, Esther, Esther knew the king could possibly be her husband, but she still had to wait to find out for sure if he was going to choose her. You have to be chosen. She was in position, but she had to wait until it was time. In Genesis, we see the Lord made Eve from one of Adam's ribs and he presented it and he presented her to Adam, but Adam still had to choose her. Adam could have said, no, I don't want her because Adam had free will. Yeah, we still have to be chosen. So you could know who the person is. The Lord could have showed you that and you could be in position, but you still have to be chosen because everybody has free will. Everybody has free will. I don't think that we have one specific person for us. I believe that it's a couple. And that's a study with Elijah that I'll do later. But God always has possibles because we have free will. So, and also if that, if one person was the specific person, how do you explain when it doesn't work out because if it didn't work out then that would throw everything off <laughs> so i like i said i i do believe the lord uh he includes our humanness into his plan for our lives and that's one of those things because we do have love stories where we know love stories of people who met each other but it was the wrong time so they ended up marrying other people but they ended up coming back together after years they find each other again so that's why I think it's not just one person for everybody. I think it's, it could be multiple people. It just depends on if you were in position, if you were there at the right time, because God orchestrates it. But if we're not in his will, we won't have that discernment. That's why I say you need to pray for discernment. So you'll be in the will of God, his perfect will, because he has a permissive will too, his perfect will for your life. So A lot of people don't think of it like this, but Adam still had to choose Eve. The Lord presents us with opportunities when we are in position, but we still have to choose to obey, choose to listen, choose to serve, and et cetera. We always have a choice. Esther had to wait to find out if she was going to be chosen. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. For those of you who are waiting for marriage, let the Lord work. And while you are waiting, you need to be serving the Lord. This helps with taking your mind off of that person and puts your focus on the Lord. It helps the other person's process go without interference from you. You can mess it up. You. Okay. Also, lastly, it helps with your spiritual growth because you have eliminated a distraction because you can allow the other person to be a distraction to you. I'm a living witness of that. I've let people and things and whatever become a distraction to the point where it's like, oh, when was the last time I read my Bible? When was the last time I spent time with the Lord? Don't let what you know the Lord is getting ready to bless you with become a distraction. Keep your eyes fixed on him. The Bible says, I have set my eyes upon the Lord. 
it says that somewhere in Psalms, I think. <laughs> Don't get me like I can't give you the scripture reference, but I know it's in the I have set my eyes on the Lord. You have to fix your eyes or set your eyes. Think about it like taking glasses off and setting them on the table. <laughs> Take your eyes and set them on the Lord. <laughs> okay. Set your eyes on the Lord. When you set your eyes on the Lord, he will lead you and guide you. Keep your focus on him during this season of waiting, whether you're waiting for a spouse, waiting for a home, waiting for a job call, whatever it is that you're waiting on, keep your eyes fixed on the Lord and he will lead and guide you. He will lead and guide you. Trust me, because like I said, I'm going through some of this stuff too. Okay. It's just so much in here with this commentary. It says, um, the last one of the last things, the invisible hand of God was definitely at work in the life of Esther. You may can't see what the Lord is doing in your life, but he's working. God is still working. He's always working. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. Your help comes from him. Oh, I love the Lord because he heard my cry. He leans in when he, when you pray, when you, uh, when you give him your heart, when you give him your all, he leans in to listen to you when you pray. He hears you. He knows your every move. Job said, he knows the way that I take. And when I come forth, I will come forth as gold. And when I'm tried, I will come forth as gold. You got it. He has to try you. The process of waiting is to try you to make sure that you're going to hold fast and stay the course when he blesses you with the thing that he has for you. He's got it, but he has to work stuff out of you to make sure you're going to be responsible with the, with the blessing. So you won't fumble it. He doesn't because it says the blessings of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. That's a guarantee. He's not lying. He doesn't add sorrow to what he blesses us with. Now we can get a blessing out of time because we just uh, like the children of Israel did in the, in the wilderness. Complaining, complaining, complaining about the manna. The manna was angel's food, by the way. That's I think that's what it said. It was angel's food. That's why you got angel food cake in this real light because it's made after the what was described as manna. Huh, y'all didn't think about that, huh? Y'all don't get some angel food cake now. <laughs> but they complained so much about the manna having to eat it day in and day out. I mean, they started wanting to go back to bondage so they could have some leeks and onions. I'm like, really? Onions? Who who wants onions like that? Y'all just ate them like with nothing? No rice? No pot roast? Nothing? Just onions. We want some leeks and onions and garlic. That's not even... Those are accent flavor things that you add to the meal. Y'all talking about, y'all making it sound like y'all was eating this straight up. Who does that? They didn't care. They complain. See, complaining to have you looking stupid. Oh my gosh. That's another study. You know what God did? All right, bet. So since y'all complaining so much about this, how I'm going to give y'all quail. The Bible says in Psalms and also, I think it was in Numbers. While it was yet in their teeth, they didn't even get it to the back of their throat. It wasn't even in the back of their throat. While it was yet in their teeth, they were vomiting and just, it was nasty. P 
passing out from being sick because they complain so much. See, the Lord will allow you to have what you've been complaining about and having to wait for, but you're not going to like it because it'll be out of time. It'll be out of time. And it, y'all just let the Lord do what he's going to do in your life. Cause <laughs> just let the Lord do what he's going to do in your life. Give him the pen so he can write your story. He is the author and finisher of your faith. It's very hard for me to relinquish that pen because I be wanting to pull out another pen, but I realized that was the only pen I have and he got it. And sometimes he bring his own pen, you know, um, because I'm a writer, I'm a writer and I know how I want stuff done. And not. he said, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, go sit yourself down somewhere. Go find something safe to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I told y'all at the beginning of this podcast, I can tell you from experience because I've lived it. And I know this ran over a little bit long, but y'all, this was needed. Because I think it's a lot of people on here who are going through something, a waiting time. Just let God do what he's going to do. And you pray and you be faithful and you be diligent to the things of God. And it's all going to work out for your good. Amen. All right, y'all. I got to close it out. I done ran way over. (laughs) So I hope y'all enjoy your day, your night. And if you're getting ready to go to sleep, I pray that you have sweet sleep in the name of Jesus. All right, y'all. I will talk to y'all later. Bye.